Hello, foodies, and welcome to the Dining on a Dime podcast. We give you the latest foodie news, give you tips to help you save on monthly food budgets, and we'll throw in some recipes and cooking tips, too. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of this great sport. Here's what you're going to hear today. In segment one and two, we're going to have uh, the uh, Maria Liberati, who is the author of Basic Art of Italian Cooking. She has a huge blog. Website is marialiberati.com. And then you're going to hear in segment three, you're going to hear from... My Philly Dish, alongside our new beer segment. So we're going to have Matt call in, or we're going to call Matt. He's going to do a beer segment in segment three. Uh, segment four is going to be John Cole, all segment long. He's going to give you the best of for the year. But Maria Liberati, thank you so much for being on Dining on a Dime. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited, too. I've heard so much about the podcast, so I'm excited to be on and be interviewed. Thank you. This is fantastic. Let's talk about your uh, books. You have The Basic Art of Italian Cooking and a few others. Let's talk about your book. Yes. Um, well, the one that's the one that's most, has become most popular, and it's it's been kind of like getting to be almost a family tradition for lots of households. There's a book that I wrote, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking: Holidays and Special Occasions, that won an award in Paris. It's it's called the Gourmand World Cookbook Awards, and um, that one actually um, it's sold all over the world now, and uh, it has recipes that go from Christmas Eve all the way to the holidays, like in the winter, all the way up to Naval, which is like our Mardi Gras. So you have Valentine's Day, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, Christmas Day, um, the Epiphany, which is a big holiday in a lot of Latin households, too, and in Europe. And um, then I have, well, my first book before that was just called The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, and that kind of launched it all. And that's really like a coffee table book. And that includes stories of um, my life in Italy. It's kind of autobiographical, but it also includes recipes and menus. And then the last book that I did um, in the Basic Art of Italian Cooking series is called The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Da Vinci Style. And it's all about Leonardo da Vinci's life as a foodie, but um, he was he actually was a foodie. People don't realize that or know that. Um, because he had so many other wonderful works of art that were so much more important <laughs> right. than, you know, him, you know, uh, being a wedding planner or things like that. It's unbelievable the things that he really did. So that book, um, each chapter is dedicated to a town that he lived in in Italy and the work that he did. And then the chapter has all the recipes that are traditional recipes in that town, in that town or city in Italy. Um, and then I have a coffee table book, a coffee book table series called The Basic Art Of, and they're dedicated to different topics. They're shorter books, but, you know, I have The Basic Art of Coffee, The Basic Art of Pizza, The Basic Art of Pasta, The Basic Art of Creating a Tuscan Wedding, which was really fun doing. Um, I did that with a wedding planner that, that uh, plans weddings in Tuscany. And my oh, and I have the basic art of cocktails, and the late, latest one is the basic art of experiencing Venice. So um, yeah, so I have about ten books, I guess, out. That's fantastic. And, I'm an I'm an author myself. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, there you go. So, so you let, know how much work is 
put into those, right, doing those. And I want to make sure everyone knows what is the best way to get your books. Is that the website? Yes, they can go to my website at marialiberati.com, or they can go to Amazon and Kindle and uh, just look up The Basic Art of Italian Cooking or my name, Maria Liberati, and you'll find the books there. But you can definitely find all the books on my website as well. Yes. That's fantastic. And we are doing a Christmas show today. Uh, we're, yes. Our topic for the show today is Christmas Hanukkah foods. Uh, yes. Do you have any fun Christmas recipes? Yes. Well, um, you know, the, the one thing... I usually tell everybody is for Christmas, you don't want to, don't want to get stressed out in creating all these fancy recipes and then you can't enjoy the holidays. So I usually tell people, you know, different recipes that are fun to do. They really, you know, they're going to impress people, right? But they, they really aren't complicated and nothing that should stress you out. So um, I tell people for appetizers, like the easiest thing to do for appetizers is, well, in Italian you say bruschetta, but a lot of people here in the U.S. say bruschetta. Yes. You know, you just get an Italian, a loaf of Italian bread, you slice it up, it should be kind of crusty, put it in the oven for just about like three minutes, get it kind of golden not burnt and uh, golden and crusty. And then you can really top those slices with almost anything and make great appetizers. So even if you have like leftover cheeses or vegetables or, uh, you know, just tomatoes or different kinds of meats, you you can top the uh, slices of bruschetta with that and drizzle some olive oil, maybe a garnish of parsley or um, thyme or mint or anything like any other types of herbs that you like. And, you know, you've whipped up a really quick appetizer, so that's always something fun to do. Tiramisu is really an easy dessert to do. It does not take long. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. That is a oh, fa- that's a fascinating tip you just gave. So what is tiramisu? What is an easy way tiramisu. for us to make it? What's an easy it's, way to make it? Really, okay, it's an easy recipe. It really only has a few ingredients. So tiramisu, let me just think out loud. So the ingredients really are, um, let's see, the ladyfingers. So they should be, the, the Italian name for them is Savoyard D. They're the crusty, the harder ladyfingers. But I've seen them actually all over the place now, even in supermarkets. So you have to get the, the hard ladyfingers. And let's see, Ladyfingers Mascarpone Cheese, which is a really creamy cheese. It's almost like eating ice cream, but you're going to find it in the specialty cheese section at at a supermarket. Many supermarkets actually have it now in the specialty cheese section. So you need like eight ounces of that. Um, Sugar, let's see, uh, dark coffee, like an espresso blend. Right. And... uh, vanilla flavoring and okay so what you're going to do is you're going to make some espresso coffee um you're going to put a layer of let's say you know you want to get a square pan a layer kind of like a loaf pan you can do you're going to layer the bottom with your lady fingers you're going to drizzle espresso on top of the lady fingers or what some people do but you have to be careful that they don't if you want to use a little liqueur like rum or anisette or something, you can just do, you know, put a little bit either in the espresso or drizzle it on the lady fingers. Then what you want to do is um, get 
I would say eight ounces of mascarpone cheese. Yes. And um, you're going to blend it together with uh, half a cup of sugar. You can add a little bit more if you do want more sugar, but you're going to put some chocolate in this, so you might not you might not need a lot of sugar. Um, you're going to blend that together. Just you can blend it together with a fork or a spoon. So you're going to uh, make put that on top of your first layer of lady fingers, and um, you can dust that also with some uh, cocoa. And um, I, I prefer the uh, cocoa that's unsweetened, but if you want the sweetened Hershey's cocoa, you can do that too. So you're right. going to dust it with that. Then put now. This is a really this is like a, a kind of an easy form of of tiramisu. Then you're going to do the same thing, another layer. So you're just going to keep repeating that. The top layer um, should be um, mascarpone cheese on the top, spread thinly on the top. Dust it with some of the cocoa, and then you could put some chocolate, like dark chocolate shavings on the top also. And you're going to put that in the refrigerator probably for like two hours. Two hours is good, an hour to two hours, um, so it gets firm. And then you're going to turn it over, and uh, you have a tiramisu. One tip that I will tell you that will make it easy and uh to 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 turn when you turn it over is you're going to coat the pan with um, parchment paper. Oh, okay. So all you're going to do is instead of turning it over, you're, ju- you're just going to pull the tiramisu out, put it on a dish, and you have a really quick and easy dessert. And it's really really good. Now some recipes do add egg yolks to the mascarpone, and you you know you whip it up and all that, but it's you can do it really quickly like like that. The cheese is almost a dessert within itself. You can even put, as I had said, a little bit of a liqueur in it, some vanilla flavoring in it if you like a little bit more flavor. But it's such a great dessert and doesn't take a lot of time. It's, and it's impressive because it's like, wow, you made tiramisu. It, that's it, that's the point. Realize. Yeah, that's the point I was trying yeah. to make. That If you can pull off yeah. an easy tiramisu, I mean, that's fantastic for entertaining. You know what I mean? That would yeah, help. It, Exactly. One thing I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just I just wanted to tell the listeners because I know this topic your podcast is called Dining on a Dime. Yes. So mascarpone cheese can be sometimes a little costly. Costly meaning oh, it may cost anywhere from uh could cost you five dollars for a container. So if you want to do a, a a less expensive version, of course it's not authentic, but um, I always like people to get some kind of a, a good food experience, but within their budget. So what you could do is, um, if you want to do cream cheese, uh, some kind of some cream cheese, you're going to whip that with maybe like a Cool Whip, and you can do the very same thing, but just substitute that, and it's it's you know, a lot less expense, either the authentic or if you want to just try it and make it a little bit less expensive if you don't have that big of a budget, a budget and you're, you know, still dining on a dime. Yes. And uh, the lady fingers are not that expensive. So you can probably make a tiramisu that way, and it doesn't doesn't really cost that much either. See, that's a fantastic tip because, like I said, the, the basis of our show is to teach people – how to eat out well, but at a good price. And you just gave us an yeah. excellent re- you just gave us an excellent recipe, and you gave mm-hmm. it at a lower cost. So that's our that's the basis yeah. of our shows. And I want to ask mm-hmm. you a question. What sure. there? Are, I was doing research for the show, and I found out there was a lot of menu items on a Christmas dinner than that are the same as a Thanksgiving dinner. Is there anything different that people can do? Um, for a main course. Well, in- 
Yes, for a main course. Okay, so in Italy, generally on Christmas Day, and usually like for big holidays, lasagna is usually the centerpiece of the meal. So, you know, we usually do a lasagna for Christmas Day. Now, for Christmas Eve, um, we usually do all, all seafood. So, you know, you can do lots of things with seafood for Christmas Eve. I know everybody, you probably have heard of the Feast of the Seven Yeah, we were just about to ask you about that. that. We were just about to ask you about that. Go ahead. Yes. So, you know, and it's really, I mean, in Italy, they're not really, like, counting how many seafood dishes they serve. It's just, uh, it's multi-course, and you have small kind of just small plates of, you know, like tapas, like small plates right. of each, like the Spanish food tapas, of each um, of each dish. And uh, so you have multi-courses. And, you know, it can be seven, it can be nine, it can be five, sure. just depending on what you have. But there's a lot of easy and not really that expensive dishes that you have to do for, you know, that you can do, rather, um, for, for that type of a feast of the seven fishes. You know, just just really rice or, you know, like risotto or like a rice type of a dish with, um, you know, with shrimp, maybe saute some shrimp. Sure. Um, you can even do things with tuna. You can actually make a tuna salad, like a cold tuna salad with, um, you know, just celery, olive oil, um, maybe scallions, olives, and uh, serve that on a bed of lettuce. And that's really not expensive at all. That's fantastic. And that's, that's also, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break. And when we come back with you, let's go a little bit deeper into the Feast of the Seven Fishes. And then I want you to uh-huh. talk I want you to talk about whatever you uh, have going on or more tips. And uh, that'll be segment sure. two. Okay? We're going okay, go to go to commercial. Thank you. We'll be right uh-huh. back. Oh, sure. Planning a visit to Philadelphia? Then go to www.phillyrestaurantreviews.com and take our audio food tour, where we show you where to find the real best in Philly restaurants without the tourist traps of other food tours. The average price of a Philly food tour is $40 per person. Our tour? Only $5. And you can put it on up to five separate devices. This saves a family of five an average of $195. Okay, we are back from break. We are with the celebrity chef, Maria Liberati, www.marialiberati.com. Uh, Maria, we're talking about the seven fishes. Uh, can, mm-hmm. can you just uh, go a little bit deeper into that? What do, what do you like to do for the seven fishes? What are some tips for people at home who want to host the seven yes. fishes? A seven fishes dinner, yes. So basically, the idea is you you know there's no meat eaten for for the for that meal for Christmas Eve, and you don't have to, as I had mentioned uh, before we took a break, you don't have to have all you know seven uh, courses. But um, there's there's a lot of different different seafood dishes that you can do, and you can just you know make the ser- seafood and then serve it all, serve it on top of um, some pasta, or you know you can serve it on top of rice. Um, generally, there's a lot of seafood dishes though that are done with fresh fresh pastas or the dry you know just dried spaghetti, um, but. You can make a sauce with uh, even just tuna, which is which is great. You can do a sauce 
Uh, so you're going to make it like it, like you would a tomato sauce, but you're going to add um, tuna in it. You probably you can either do the canned tuna that's been canned in olive oil. Um, you want to get a really good quality tuna, and um, you're just going to put that in the sauce. You can put a little bit of red hot pepper and chino or hot pepper. Mm. You know, they just said in the news that hot pepper. They found in Italy that um, eating hot peppers are really good for your heart. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So you can add the hot peppers if you want. If you don't want to, you don't have to do that. Serve that on top of uh, pasta. And, again, you can put a sprig of parsley on the side or whatever. But generally, typically, it's not served with uh, with cheese. When Usually, usually uh, seafood dishes, most seafood dishes aren't served with cheese they tend to do that more in the u.s that's they, a big really that's a that big that's a big debate true uh, that's a yes. big debate too correct <laughs> yes and now i always tell people if you want some entertainment when you're in italy go to a really nice restaurant order a seafood dish and then tell <laughs> the waiter that you want some parmigiano reggiano and you'll have you will have the chef come out you will and scold you that, that is <laughs> yes. so true you are absolutely correct uh, yes, yes. My co-host today is photo food journalist Amaris Pollock. Amaris, do you have a question for the great uh, Maria Liberati? I do. I was trying to, you know, be a little quiet there so that you could explain things. But um, so yeah. at your Christmas table, what is a particular, you know, dish that you would like to have for your Feast of the Seven Fishes? Well, what the is Feast of the Seven Fishes? Yes. What would be your atypical i have to have this on my dinner table well um usually there's two things there's one um that is the typical thing that we do for the feast of the seven fishes it's making a sauce uh kind of like what i was saying with the tuna but with seven fishes so you use seven different types of seafood so you make a tomato sauce and then um you cook the seafood in the tomato sauce and um, then you serve that on top of a really good quality pasta. So that's one dish. That's for the Feast of the Seven Fishes. And then a tradition that we have, and, and my grandmother had started it, she always ended a meal with, with uh, like a fresh fruit salad. They call it Macedonia in Italy. So um, it's just so refreshing to do that. So you just get fresh fruits in season. You could also add a banana to it, slice it up, and then you squeeze a lemon on the top, sprinkle some sugar, toss it around. Make sure it's not too tart because of the lemon. If it is, just put a little more sugar. Yeah. Uh, not too much sugar, though. And then you just marinate that for about a half an hour, and the, the lemon actually bumps up the flavor of the sugar. So it's really refreshing to have that after you've eaten. And we usually have that before the sweets. And th so um, that sounds like a perfect way to kind of build into your next, you know, level of, of meal, because that that, of course, is going to be a large, heavier meal that you you yes. want to just lighten it up. So and then, as you said, putting the lemon in there with the sugar, you're going to be pulling out those juices of the yes, fruit. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It, it really does bump up the flavor of the fruit people are like so surprised and if you taste a plain fruit salad with no lemon on top and then a fruit salad like this it's just such a difference so yes that's fantastic and uh, maria let's talk about your newsletter because i know our listeners can go and subscribe to your newsletter correct 
Yes, they can. Yeah, if they go to um, my blog, you know, I have over 300,000 subscribers That's now fantastic. all over the world. So, yes, yeah, so if they go to my website, you'll see the newsletter and the blog, and um, they can just subscribe to that. The blog goes out um, definitely once a week, and the newsletter is more like a, a once monthly. Um, actually, the blog goes out sometimes more than once a week. I, was just, I meant to say a few times, sometimes a few times. Um, a day or a couple times during the week. So, um, but yes, the newsletter, you can just go to marialiberati.com and subscribe. And that has information on um, a lot of times, you know, if I'm doing any event somewhere, if I'm doing cooking events or, or like personal appearances right, or book signings or special events on there as well as, you know, I always give recipes and tips and cooking tips and travel tips and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Because I was reading through it. I, I am amazed at the information that you give. This is a must for any home cook. I think, I think the information in your newsletter and blog is, is essential for every uh, yes, home yes. cook and you can go to, Oh yes. Yeah. I, Go ahead. Your information is fantastic. Talk about some of the information that you give on your blog or uh, newsletter. Yes. Well, I have um, I have a lot of obviously recipes, but um, I also give a lot of information on because I, I think the food is more about just cooking and recipes. There's a lot more to it. A lot more foundation to food. You know, there's there's history related to food. Uh, there's a lot of backstories to, you know, the traditions and, and foods and, and the regions. Lines. So I also, yes, exactly. The regions that they originated from, that's exactly right. So I, I like, I think that adds such an entertaining aspect to the food and it just adds another kind of foundation, another level to the enjoyment of what you're eating when you know that, you know, you're eating something that has an interesting backstory to it or an interesting origin. So there's a lot of information like that as well. Um, and sometimes I even pick uh, people from, because I think that art and literature are so related to food in many different ways. So sometimes um, I go back in time and, you know, pick a famous artist or, or a famous writer and find out about their food preferences and, and wine preferences and, and uh we'll go in, I'll go into that a little bit too. It's kind of interesting. A lot of uh actually a lot of famous people in literature and and uh, artists are were really into food and wine and having these big meals and things like that. So it's really related. So I try to relate a, a lot of different topics and in fact my top tagline is where food meets art, travel, and life. So it's the basic art of Italian cooking, where food meets art, travel, and life. So I combine a lot of uh, a lot of topics that, that have some symmetry with food. So you give out the full package. I mean, you get the full package. Yes. What I think is interesting, the most interesting, is that you give out the history. How did it become? I mean, a lot of people eat pizza, but they have no idea how it got here. You know what I mean? I like that aspect. Yes. I think that's fascinating. Yes, they, yeah, and Amaris has another they, question. They Amaris? Yes. Good. <laughs> I was actually just going to ask you because, you know, your tagline is with the, where food meets travel and art. Um, what is or who is an artist that resonates closely with, you know, what your desires are in food? Um, what do you mean? Like as far as a painter that, you know, 
Oh, well, here's, I think I know what you mean. So Leonardo da Vinci, he had an interesting philosophy. And I had mentioned at the beginning of the interview that um, Leonardo da Vinci was a foodie. And he believed that everything has to be in balance. So in other words, he used to say that everything on his canvas, the colors, had to be all balanced, you know, not too much of one, not too much of the other. And he believed that you should have that philosophy when you eat also. So your plate, whatever you're making, should should be balanced. So, you know, not too much of one, not too much of the other. And that's really how Italian cooking is. I know people tend to think, oh, it's Italian, so it, they must use a pound of garlic. And they really don't. They really use, try, they try to balance flavors you know, so one doesn't hide the other, you know, so the garlic doesn't overpower. So you can still taste the basil or the tomato or the pasta. So the trick is to use really good ingredients, but keep everything balanced. So, yeah, that that artist definitely, I would say. And I was actually, I had the uh, really exciting honor to be actually my head, my uh, portrait was done by a famous Italian artist in Italy. Um, and that was hung in the Metropolitan Museum of Art um, in the late 90s. Yeah, it was really exciting. So he's he's painted uh, the portrait of the opera singer Luciana Pavarotti and some other famous Italian people. And uh, I was modeling, and uh, this was before, really, I started my culinary career, and uh, he had asked to do my portrait. So that was my other brush with the (laughs) art world also. Right. That's fascinating. That's an honor that I, oh, my goodness, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah, I've had brushes. So the the art museum, the National Art Museum in Vienna, Austria, asked to make one of my blog posts part of their digital art exhibit at their art museum. So I've had, like, interesting brushes with art. It was so interesting. So it was part of their digital exhibit, and it was a post that I did about Mozart, who loved Italy, and uh, it was a post that I did about a town that he liked in Italy, and the town is really known for art and things, but um, he was really well known for Mozart, loved uh, Venice and some other places in Italy, and and they loved the post, so they made it, you know, uh, on a digital display there in the museum, so that was exciting also. All right. So we can find, you know, obviously paintings in your cookbook and your blog. But um, for our listeners, where is the most immediate next place that you're going to be found? Like, where is your next appearance? Yes. Well, I'm actually working on the schedule right now. I'm, I'm supposed to be doing some culinary classes in Center City, Philadelphia. The location is to be determined, but um, so, but what the listeners can do is they can definitely uh, just sign up for my blog, and um, they will get a notice when when I have my schedule together. I'm also supposed to be doing a podcast that'll be coming out in the new year. Also, oh, that, basically Maria. That's fantastic! Yeah, this is good. That's going to yeah. be a great show. Basically, Maria is coming out in the new yeah, year. You said. In the new year, yes. And again, my my list, my uh, subscribers to my blog and social media can sign up for that, and uh, and they'll be able to uh, find out where where to find that. Yes. Okay, we're going to be closing, but I want you to tell our listeners anything that you would like them to know, and then I'm going to give all your uh, contacts. Is there anything you would yes, like to well, tell them? Um. 
just to sign up for my blog so they can, you know, uh, they can, well, they'll actually see my books on my blog and also they'll get a notice for any of my appearances that are coming up in the new year. As I said, the dates have not been firmed up yet, so I don't want to give out dates yet. I understand. But that will be, yep, that will be on my blog and to listen to my podcast when that comes out again to go on my blog. And I do have a new book coming out that's called The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Diaries, which is actually diaries that I put together when I was living in Italy and studying cooking, and it will have a lot of recipes and things with that. But uh, that will be coming out in uh in late 2020. Well, I can't believe it's 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. For my next book also, yes. And I, I want to make sure everyone, if you're a home cook, you have to sign up for the blog. The reason she has over 300,000 subscribers is because the information she gives is second to none. www.marialiberati.com, L-I-B-E-R-A-T-I. I want everybody listening to this show go to, right now, and I want you to subscribe to the blog. Uh, Maria, uh, www.marialiberati.com. Uh, any other uh, social medias you want to give? Um, they can go to twitter.com slash Maria Liberati. My Facebook um, name is just Chef Maria Liberati. They can look that up. They can look me up on LinkedIn. Um, dot com and that's Maria Liberati also. That's fantastic. And you were so great today because yeah. I love I'm gonna cherish that uh tiramisu recipe. because uh, I know there's <laughs> yes. a, a lot of people I know are trying to impress people with their cooking skills and they don't have an easy thing to do. And I think tiramisu is really an impressive uh dish and you just taught us how to do it cheaper and easier. So yes, I wanna, and if anybody has cooking questions, I was just going to say they can also write. They can also write to me through the website. <laughs> I cannot thank you. You were so gracious. I cannot thank you enough. It was an honor to have you on our show. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks, Amaris. No problem. It was, it was great talking <laughs> with you. It was you. an honor. Thank you so much. You too. You too. Have a great night. Thanks. Happy holidays. You, you too. too. Bye bye. <clears throat> and we're going to go to break. You can follow Dining on a Dime on Facebook at facebook.com. That's uh, forward slash Dining on a Dime, the number one. On Twitter at Dining on a Dime, the number one. Instagram, KJW1972. And for sponsorship opportunities, starting as low as $200 per episode, email us at diningonadime at yahoo.com. Kevin Wilson here from Dining on a Dime with this week's holiday edition of My Philly Dish on Indie Philly Radio. Your source for the latest food and beverage news and information uh, in and around the Philadelphia area. Stove and Company Restaurant Group partners with Justin Weathers and Executive Chef Joseph Monich announce the grand opening of Stove and tap Malvern at 245 Lancaster Avenue in, in 245 Lancaster Avenue. Stove and Tap Malvern represents the second for the award-winning and celebrated mainline and suburban restaurant 
brand that has won numerous accolades, including Best of Philly and Best of the Main Line. Philadelphia Burger Brawl 2019 was one for the record books. The new larger location and an exciting lineup of restaurants helped attract the most guests ever for the nine-year-old events. Philadelphia Burger Brawl announces money raised exceeded the goal of $56,000, and it went up to $73,000 to support projects in 10 Philadelphia public elementary schools. And finally, don't miss out. This winter break, visitors to the National Constitution Center can experience special Civil War-themed programming in conjunction with the center's new exhibit, Civil War and Reconstruction, the Battle for Freedom and Equality. The programming is free with general admission and will be available at the center on Thursday, December 26th through Tuesday, December 31st. Now, our brand new beer segment. Every week from this point forward, when we're in studio, uh, we're going to have Matt from Zed Beer and Main Course Philly uh, on the line. So, are you there? Matt? Uh, yeah, I'm here. How are you doing? Fantastic. Uh, talk, give an intro to the listeners about what you're going to be talking about twice a month with us in the studio. So let's find out where you're going to. All gonna... right. Well, yeah, uh, I'm Matt Maritea, as you said, and uh, I've been working in the craft beer industry uh, for a little bit of time now. And we've talked about this uh, several times when we've met, but craft beer is starting to go hand in hand uh, with the dining options, especially in more of our local areas around uh, Philadelphia and up in New York as well. Uh, it's really becoming, you know, one and the other have uh, pretty much joined together pretty well. And you're so going to be I giving us the scoop. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get yeah. started. Go ahead. Yeah, well, since this is the, uh, I guess, the introductory segment, if you will, I had a, a couple of facts and figures prepared for sort of what we do or uh, how the areas that uh, we're more, most focused on uh, do. Now, in uh, terms of rankings from, say, the Brewers Association, uh, our friends across the bridge in New Jersey are kind of lacking behind the 21st with 107 breweries. Uh, New York is doing great. They're fourth with 386, and PA is right behind them with 354. But they produce the most beer out of any state uh, in the United States. So. If you're in the Philadelphia area uh, or the New York area, New Jersey, you've got a great chance of being able to get your hands on some really good craft beer and a large quantity of it at that, too. Fantastic. So Philadelphia is, is uh, very easy to get the beer. What, uh, what other aspects of the beer uh, do you have written for this segment? Uh, well, in terms of uh, beer, I just had a couple of things marked down uh for our friends i know up in the hudson valley uh i did a little bit of research oh that's great monday one o'clock thank you yeah. hudson valley we love you go ahead matt yeah uh if you're in the hudson valley you've got uh two or three really interesting places to check out the uh the plan b farm brewery 
uh, has a three-story barn and is a 25-acre fully working farm. Uh, they've got bees. They do big tours. They've got a whole facility set up there. Uh, it's a beautiful way to spend a day, spend an afternoon uh, learning about the process. They've got food on the premises. Uh, it's a really, really nice attraction. I'm planning a trip up there myself now that I've seen it and done some research on it. Uh, and another one also in that area, a little bit newer, is Equilibrium. Uh, it's sort of the brainchild of two guys that went to MIT who are now into beer. So they're putting, you know, genius level IQs uh, dedicated into, you know, making the best suds that you could possibly have, which I think uh, is something really cool. Absolutely. Go ahead, Matt. You got it, and then we'll take over when you're done. Go yeah. ahead. Sure. Uh, in terms of uh, Pennsylvania or especially the Philly area, uh, you've got a bunch of breweries that you can run through, and all of them have excellent food programs sort of designed uh, to maximize not only what you're drinking but eating. If you've got Yards, Love City, uh you know, we went to the event. Uh, we saw each other at Evil Genius. They've got not only beers, but their new line of seltzers that's coming out. Uh, there's Dock Street. There's a Philly Brewing Company, Urban Village. And there are more and more popping up. I, Philly has a whole brewery town uh, section. So if you want to be able to get good beer, you can. And especially this time of year is one of my favorites. Uh, for beer, because you've got all these great winter beers out. They've got those fantastic clove and cinnamon uh, flavors, little molasses, too. Uh, sometimes some of them are just like drinking a gingerbread cookie almost. Uh, it's something I really enjoy. So I marked down sort of four or five that I think everybody should be able to hit. And can you can find uh, in your local store or beer distributor, uh, you know, depending on where you're located. Uh, but you've got, you know, Victory's Winter Cheers. Uh, Matt Elf is a fan of some songs. Every year that's going to be a little bit different too. Some people collect, age. Uh, it's a really interesting thing you can do now with those. Uh, Seasons of Perception is going to be a Tired Hands uh, Imperial uh, Espresso Stout. So that's going to have some really interesting notes to it. And it's going to give you a nice boozy kick if you're getting a little bit tired of dealing with your relatives over the holiday season, or you need something for the new years. Uh, Festivus, I know it may have passed, but <laughs> it's still for the rest of us. That's the winter <laughs> war from Manny Young. Right. <clears throat> That's fantastic. And one of the, one of the best ones I think is going to be winter wonder. That's from Philly brewing company. That's going to have those beautiful cinnamon notes. Uh, it's going to have plums. It's, you know, it's perfect for this time of year. It's uh you know, really, with the ability to be seasonal, uh, some of the things that these guys can do and put out uh, on a week-to-week -week or a month-to-month -month basis is really interesting. That is fantastic. And, Matt, tell the listeners what they can plan to hear from you in the beer scene in the future. I really appreciate you including our, our good friends in Hudson Valley into your report this week. Uh, Mondays at 1 o'clock, WMLD. Download the app or just say, hey, Alexa. Play WMLD. So I really appreciate you doing that for our great folks up there. Uh, what can our listeners expect from you in the weeks to come? Well, now that we've sort of gone over the basics, uh, I'm going to do my best to try to find and discover uh, new breweries, 
uh, new styles of beer that uh, we can talk about with the listeners and, uh, you know, keep people informed of what's happening, you know, in their local areas. Because breweries and craft beer is sort of the new tentpole. They're becoming a big part of the the beer landscape. Uh, you can still be a, a shot in a beer town, like I know lots of silly is, but you know, it may not be that uh, the Jim Beam and the PBR anymore. Yeah, right, exactly. And I mean, yeah, Matt, they have the legacy dating back all the way to you know DG Yingling. It is America's oldest operating brewery. That's fantastic. And Matt, I'll tell you what, uh, tell the folks your credentials. I mean, you have amazing credentials in the beer world. Talk about them. You work for? Uh, yeah. I've been working over at uh, Zed's Beer and Beto Brewing for a uh, better part of two years now. Uh, our uh, owner and brewer, Jeff, is uh, you know an NJBA registered beer judge. Uh, he's a gold medal and silver medal winner from several different uh, beer competitions. Uh, New York Beer Open, uh, is one of them we want a gold medal for our stout. Uh, so I've been working behind the bar there uh, and uh, in the uh, brewing process itself. Uh, so I've gotten a chance to really be on both ends of it, on serving, tasting, and uh, in terms of the getting everything made and uh, learning a bit more of the uh, science and the ingredients behind it. And not only uh, that. In addition to just being... A big fan, yeah. And not only that, uh, you have credentials in the media world uh, with Main Course, right? Uh, yes, I've been uh, working for Main Course PHL uh, since, I guess, about, uh, yeah, since August. And you know, through them, I've gotten to attend a bunch of wonderful events and openings and uh, meet awesome people like yourself and uh, get to see more of what's going on at you just did the ad for Stove and Tap. We were there last week. It was a, a heck of a time. They've got a, a great craft beer list. If you're going to be up in that Malvern area, they've got. You know, uh, what? I want to. I want to. Yeah, uh, I want to pay respect. I want to pay respect to Stove and Tap too. Can you go into about a minute and talk about them? They are a great spot. They just opened in Malvern, mm-hmm. two forty-five Lancaster Avenue. Talk about the alcohol yeah. aspect of that great restaurant. The food is outstanding. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Food is outstanding, and you're going to have – they did a lot of sort of that smokiness, too. They give you brisket with the mac and cheese. They had that nice uh, brisket available for slicing. So they're going to have uh, beers that will stand up to that. I had a, an IPA from Half Acre while I was there and a, uh, a 2SP. Both of those had enough uh, brightness and bitterness to sort of stand up to how rich – uh, something like a uh, brisket mac and cheese is going to be, uh, you yeah, know, it's all about being able to find what can balance an offset and uh, what the collection of taps and bottles and cans that they have over at stove and tap is uh, very impressive. And it's a hell of an atmosphere too. Right. It's, fantastic. Uh, you know, it's got that nice wood everywhere. And it was the huge. Fireplace is going on. It was a big place yeah. too with and a patio. Had- yeah, it was great. We didn't even get outdoors, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's only going to get better as it gets warmer. Exactly. And, Matt, I want to thank you so much. You're going to hear from Matt every segment three right after my Philly dish. 
uh, because I think the beer scene is just too popular to ignore. So we're always going to have a beer segment on this show so we can acknowledge how popular that is in the food world. Matt, thank you again, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks, pal. We'll talk to you in two weeks. All right, we're going to go to break, but when we come back, John Cole takes over. He's been chomping at the bit to get on. You'll hear him in segment four after this break. You can find Table for One, written by Dining on a Dime's own Kevin Wilson, at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Okay, we're back. Let's get started. Let's get this party started. John Cole... You're on. Kevin just asked me if I was ready. (laughs) More importantly, after 45 minutes of that crap, you guys were ready for me. Uh, Thanks to the people who called in. We'll let you know. Um, Let's see. What do we want to talk about? This is our last show of the year, right? We're in our fabulous new palatial studio. I might be using that word wrong, palatial. But um, we want to talk about the end of the year, I guess, right? This is probably our last studio show of the year. Yes. So I want to throw a few things out there that you know, kind of really caught my attention this year heavily. And one of them sort of goes, speaks a little bit towards Hanukkah. Yes. Uh, I myself am not a member of the tribe. I have many friends, family members. And happy Hanukkah from our show. Go ahead. Happy Hanukkah, folks. One of the things, everybody knows what uh, Gentile or as the Amish would call English food traditions are. Turkey, ham, whatever, right? Probably to me the most impressive Jewish holiday time meal is everybody bombs out to get Chinese food. And one of the things I learned really quickly is if you want to know in Philadelphia, New York, Atlantic City, you want to find decent Chinese food, ask a Jewish person around the holiday time. They've all got their spot, takeout, delivery, eat in. Um, Last year or two around the holidays have sort of been, this is like a little personal side project I was working on. And I got to tell you, they're basically batting a thousand. There is no, um, I've had friends that have told me to go into Li Hao Fuchs in Chinatown. Place is amazing. I've had people tell me to go, and I'll post the links to these places throughout the rest of the year so you can check them out. It's a place called Raylin, um, R-A-E-L-I-N-N, um, in Atlantic City. I think, think, think it's off like Columbus Boulevard. Columbus Street, not Philadelphia's, Atlantic City's. And the food that they're doing at these places is amazing. They realize the kind of restaurants that are going to be packed this time of year. Um, And it's going to be the sit-down places, the George Washington Eight here places. Um, Those strip mall kind of, you know, Chinese takeout, I guess maybe now the term is Asian takeout places. These places tend to be empty during the holidays. And I'll tell you right now. They're your best value. All year we've talked about dining on a dime. Two years we've had this thing. Let's be honest. You go out for the holidays, you're going to take a shot. Um, someone is going to pick up the tab for 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 people. Even at a reasonably priced joint, you're a few hundred bucks in easy. If you really want to kind of up your game, do a little research in your area. And this goes out across the country now. You know, we're not right. just local anymore. No. Take five, 10 minutes, do a little research, or better yet, ask a Jewish friend or family member, where would you go when you're not having a giant ham brought to the table, when, you know, maybe Thanksgiving isn't your thing, 
and where do they go? And it, re- it undeniably, they will know where the best place to go is. They'll know where the best price is, the best food is, because it's sort of their thing. Everybody has holiday traditions. Theirs is finding the best Chinese food. And I cannot tell you how cool they think that is. Yeah. Holidays have all these meanings and baggage and stuff attached to it, right? Um, what do I got to get somebody? Is it going to fit? Is it the right size? If I get one person this, I get the other person that. One of the things I love about Thanksgiving is we just get together and eat and then fall asleep from all the stuff that's in Turkey. Um, <laughs> our Jewish friends have taken that one step further. We're not just doing that Thanksgiving. We're doing that for like five, six, seven, eight weeks. No hassles. Let's not worry about this, that, or whatever. Hanukkah traditions are giving out the candy and the toys and stuff like that, and then let's go eat. Um, I'm surprised we're not doing more of that, quite honestly, because yeah. I, um, in our immediate area, the two places that I would tell you Philly side, we've already talked about Li Hao Fook before. Um, I won't go into it again. I will say this. I have not had a better hot pot in the city of Philadelphia than at Li Hao Fook. I just haven't. They've got a variety of styles. The food there is amazing. The service is on point. And the places, even when it's crowded, they get people in and out really fast. On the Jersey side, I'm going to tell you to go to Shanghai Express in, I think, Marlton. It's in a strip mall. It doesn't look like a lot. Um, my buddy Ted runs this place. He's run it for years with his wife. They're doing some of the best Asian food I have had anywhere. They brought back stuff like um, crispy orange beef, which sort of, you know, stuff like that falls out of style, you know, and they brought it back and I haven't really tried it better anywhere, including Chinatown in San Francisco and Chinatown in Honolulu. Um, if you've ever been to those places, it's some pretty substantial, you know, substantial culinary cred. This little unassuming place in a parking lot in Marlton. And again, I will, I'll tweet out the link so you guys will know exactly where to go. Kev always knows this is the address. This is the, you take the number six bus to the red mailbox across the street. Um, that's not me, guys. If you've been listening to this show, you know I do almost no homework. I was dozing through Maria's very interesting segment. That you was guys, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you guys, unfortunately, my, you know, my. And her my, followers are listening right now. And yeah, she did that, a great job. Um, thanks for calling. In. She did fantastic. Um, I, I wish I had the uh, you know the wherewithal to pay attention and listen to that oh, stuff. Oh my goodness, I couldn't like, believe it. Like everybody fantastic. else, if it's not about me, uh, I'm looking <laughs> at my phone. Um, all jokes aside, she loved so having nice. Maria call in. That was, was so great. You know what it I mean? It was an she honor. Did a great job. It was an honor um, for me. You had the beer guy call in, Matt. Beer yeah. guy, Matt. Um, set something up at Zed's because I'm yeah, going right? to be driving by in about 20 or 25 <laughs> minutes and I'm really looking for something like Zed's on Dublin. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. If you guys go to Zed's in Mount Laurel, uh, it's like one of my favorite breweries. I don't talk about it a whole lot because everything I talked about turns to gold and then I can't get in. And <laughs> sometimes I like to just be able to get in, sit down, say hi to the proprietor and not have it become a sideshow. People want selfies, this, that, whatever. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's great. Um, I, I want to thank everyone that listened to the show this year. Uh, I can't believe you guys will make the same mistake and listen to it again in 2020. <laughs> but if you do, we'll be here throwing out the best places to eat. 
Um, few places I'll throw out just real quick at the end so Kevin can wrap this thing up and I can go fetch that beer at Zed's <laughs> is, um, and we can also plan our Christmas story, uh, Chinese dinner. Ra-ra-ra. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the Christmas story, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, we brought Amherst in to try to class things up a little bit, but you guys know how I tend to ruin everything. Um, <laughs> couple places this year that we haven't talked a whole lot about and i'm just going to throw out uh we've talked a lot about breakfast sandwiches on this show absolutely about how it's a south jersey tradition and as i've traveled across the country i'm seeing it become a tradition everywhere i'm in hawaii people are grabbing their breakfast sandwiches i'm in austin texas people are grabbing their breakfast sandwiches yeah um chicago same thing breakfast sandwiches are not just a south jersey philly maybe new york thing um, there's a place in, I'm not sure if it's Marlton or Evesham. Someone maybe look that up real quick. It's called Dad's Deli and Catering. Yes. Um, and I've been there a whole bunch of times. I first got turned on to this place by the crew from, uh, just Grubbin. Well, just Grubbin. Yep. They uh, they talked about this place, and I don't know if they they were on point with everything they said, but I don't know if they've ever been more on point than Dad's. Yeah. This place is at an intersection. Thankfully, Amherst is showing me. It's in Marlton. Okay. <laughs> it's on North Maple Avenue in Marlton. I'll go with that. Um, and their breakfast sandwiches are amazing. Uh, they use high-quality pork roll, bacon, um, everything in there is like Dietz and Watts and high-level stuff. Uh, they get the, you know, they don't spare any, they spare no expense. They get the Aversa Kaiser rolls. You bring that thing out to your car, it weighs like a pound. So I'm going to suggest to you, go there, get your sandwich, but give yourself like 20, 25 minutes to eat it. Because between that and like, like a 16-ounce cup of coffee, you know, you're going to need a minute, maybe jump out of your truck, stretch a little bit. <laughs> Um, another place that really impressed me 2019, and this place has impressed me for a long time. I can't not mention this. My buddy, uh, Jamie at Pizza More in Delran. This is a guy that's kind of unassuming, doesn't do a whole lot of social media stuff. Um, his Instagram's kind of muted, low key. This guy's been doing his thing for 10, 12, 13, 14 years. Uh-huh. He has won a wall full best of South Jersey, best of Burlington County, um, fan favorite, judges awards. He knows pizza. He's got really, you know, he does a decent cheesesteak. We sent uh, Jim Pappas over there. Um, he does a really good roast pork sandwich, like on his green, um, what do you call it, the green egg. So it's different, but it's really, really good. It lets you know when he has it. Um, this is another Dietz and Watson place. You're making sandwiches. And this isn't, you know, Dietz and Watson isn't sponsoring this show. No. Yet. <laughs> Call me Dietz and Watson. But, um, they certainly if, are. <laughs> if you're going to be in the sandwich business, please, no mystery meat from Jet Row. And I love Jet Row and I love Restaurant Depot. But you guys know as well as I do, you got the low rent meat and, you know, pay a little bit more. We have a lot of restaurant people who listen to this show. Yes. They don't admit it because I wouldn't admit it either <laughs> if I was that. But um, the truth is, you wind up making that money on the back end. Yeah, I know you can find, you know, weird nondescript salami for two ninety nine a pound. You can sell that to everybody once or you can get the good stuff and you can, you know, you'll lose a couple people because they're always looking for dining on a penny, not a dime. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then you'll get those people that realize, hey, you know what? This place has got amazing sandwiches. They're paying the extra 50 cents for a really good loaf of bread. 
and I'm going to go back and back and back. The next thing you know, catering. Um, that's the entire story of my friend uh, Jamie McCracken over at Pizza More. He got the spot from his father-in-law, and the guy built his business, hometown Delran, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. I don't care if you're listening to this in another country, another county, another state. Find those places. This is kind of like my year-end message so Ken, Kevin can close this out and we can get the heck out right. of here. <laughs> um, find the places we've talked about this year, your hometown places, the places that the cops go to, the places that your Jewish friends go to during the holidays, you know, the place that, you know, you know, your mom and her friends go to when she doesn't really tell you where she's going because she wants some peace and quiet. Those are the places, generally speaking, that are locally owned, the places you want to support, and they're doing something a little bit different. Let's be honest. These corporate chain places are in every strip mall, every parking lot in America. You know what you're going to get. Try something different. Support local businesses before they're not there to support you. That's true. I want to thank everybody for listening to me this year. I'm going to step back so Kevin can finish out our 2019. Kevin is puts a lot of this together. He's the producer. He's the originator of Dining on a Dime. It's been a ton of fun doing a show with him this year. Uh, you know, we're going to come back in a few weeks and we're going to take a swing at 2020 and see how that goes. For one last time in 2019, thank you, everyone. Thanks, Amherst, for being here today. And stay hungry, everybody. <laughs> okay, thank you, John. It was a great year. I just want to let our listeners know that John just made a gr brilliant point. Uh, I want you all to listen next Sunday, December 29th. We did a live show from JR's at 2663 East Norris Street, and he piggybacked what John just said. He said the whole show encourages people to uh Support your local business, and that is on next Sunday, and you're going to love it. JR's is a fantastic place, amazing food. So that'll be on next Sunday. I want to sincerely, sincerely thank. I love my listeners, our listeners. I love them with all my heart. I want to thank uh, WMLD in Hudson Valley. I want to say hello to you guys. I want to wish you guys a happy holidays. Uh, I, I'm loving the fact that in 2019 our show became nationwide uh, we have regular listeners in california i want to say hi to my uh my favorite listeners in greenville south carolina uh, we have regular listeners in uh san francisco we're in missouri we've been in about 30 out of 52 states i want to expand that in the year 2020 uh, so if you're listening around the country please subscribe uh, on google or uh, itunes to our show our show has nothing but five-star ratings on iTunes, so feel free to go and subscribe to the show. Amaris, uh, just tell everyone your uh, contacts, how they can contact you, and what's your social media tags. You can pretty much find me across all social media with the handle A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S. A -A -O -L -L -O um, you'll find my photos of, of events, of food. Um, hopefully you'll you'll see it and go visit the places that I've gone. And I'm certain you'll get hungry. <laughs> um, and, you, you know, I'm also on LinkedIn, Pinterest, and lots of photos on Google. I'm very popular there. And, and well, here's what happened. I found <laughs> out that there's only uh, there's 760,000 podcasts, but a very low percentage have a woman voice. 
So we have invited Amherst to join us in the year 2020. I want to give women uh, representation on our show. Uh, There's a way too low percentage of women not involved in podcasting. So you're going to hear from Amherst in the year 2020. And once again, from all my heart, I love our listeners. Thank you for giving us a fantastic year. 2020, our goal is to expand throughout the country. Thank you. Have a great week. For more details and information on what's happening in and around Philly, check out Philly Bite Magazine online at phillybite.com. Or tune in to Dying on a Dime on the My Philly Dish Hour, Tuesdays through Fridays at 11 a.m. right here on IndyPhilly.com.